0: What is general revelation? That's the question we're going to be discussing today on The Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian DeBozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. In this episode, we begin our discussion of the 99 essential Christian doctrines that are featured in the Gospel Project. Each of these episodes will dive deeper into one of the doctrines covered in the study and also in the 99 in 99 video series where we hit the highlights of the doctrines in about 99 seconds, give or take. If you haven't checked those out yet, you can catch
1: them at gospelproject.com. So with that said, let's get going. All right. So, Brian, as we're thinking about this doctrine, let's just give a quick definition. General revelation refers to God revealing himself through his creation and through the human conscious. Knowledge about God through general revelation is limited because it only communicates general knowledge about God and his character. We can look at the vastness and fine-tuning of the universe and recognize that God is all-powerful and wise or Look inward to our innate sense of right and wrong and know there is a moral lawgiver in the universe. General revelation is not sufficient for understanding how to know God or to be saved, but it provides enough knowledge about God for us to be held accountable for suppressing God's truth in unrighteousness. So that's a big statement here, and there's a lot of space in it as well. But a few key things that we saw there are that one that God reveals himself in way, in different ways to all humanity. And that's that's a key, all humanity. everybody has access to general revelation. right. And so he does it in a, and he said it in a couple of ways. One is um, that he reveals himself through the things he has made, that um, that na- the way that nature is, built and organized and, and looks and feels and how we experience it, all of this communicates to us something about God. And at the same time, we are also created in such a way that we communicate something about God to all of creation as well. And so, whether that's through so, that's primarily through our innate sense of right and wrong, our consciences, our sense of justice, and our you know sometimes sometimes righteous indignation, <laughs> um, all of these different kinds of things. But um, one of the other things that we need to know about this this doctrine is that when we're thinking about these things, that they are limited in their scope. So. Creation can tell me something about God, but it can't tell me everything about yeah. God. Um, it can tell me, for example, that God loves beauty, that he loves order, that power, power and majesty, and glory. And that he loves detail and and all of these things, that all of these things about him in the same way that my my conscience can say something about him. Yeah. But I can't
0: there say everything. There is a right. There is a wrong. Right, exactly. But it doesn't. Your conscious alone does not understand what is absolutely right and wrong. It, it's not a matter of understanding because of of God, um, because somebody's conscious. Your conscious may be different from mine. Your conscious may allow you to uh, to steal a candy bar when you're hungry because you're hungry. Sure. sure. And my conscience may not. Right. So it's not sufficient to understand who God is in His fullness, and that's why, you know, it's 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 really important to understand general revelation is not sufficient for salvation. So you, you can't be on that deserted island, that, that proverbial man on a deserted island, look up the stars and recognize, well, there is a God. Well, you can do that. Sure. But you can't understand how you can be saved of your sin
1: just by looking at the stars. Right, exactly. So, um, so Brian, where do we see some of these, these truths in Scripture? um and that's an important thing for us to remember is is that when we're thinking about doctrine if it doesn't have a scriptural support we shouldn't we we should be very cautious of it yeah i would i would go one step farther if it's not
0: implicit in scripture. It's not just supported by scripture. It's not it has to come from Scripture. Mm-hmm. So we don't develop doctrines and then and, and I know you're not suggesting this, Aaron, but we don't Correct. develop doctrines and then say, all right, let's find support in Scripture. We start in Scripture and and the doctrines come from it. Right. So this one one of the classic passages on this is is Psalm 19 1 through 6 mm-hmm. and you know what let me just kind of treat that a little bit out of order I want to look at one and two then verses four through six and then three and four because I just think it makes sense for for our discussion yeah totally so you look at one and two the heavens declare the glory of God there you go um, we look at the heavens we see the glory of God we see just the expanse mm-hmm. of, of the universe um, the the beauty the awe that we get, especially, I mean, if you get away from the city, you get out into the country with really little residual lights around and so forth, and you just, it's amazing how many stars you see up there. And you think, man, each one of those is a sun. Mm -hmm. And each, I mean, you think about all these different solar systems and and you just, there's this awe that comes over you. That's, that's what we see here. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. So right here we see, even if you just take a snapshot of creation, so a still picture, if you will, mm-hmm. there, there's glory of God to be seen in that, the power of God, the size of God, the beauty of God, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But then jump down to the second part of four through six. It says, In the heavens he, meaning God, has pitched a tent for the sun, It is like a bridegroom coming from his home. It rejoices like an athlete running a course. It rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. So here we see the movement of the universe. So now you have to have motion. It's not just a still picture anymore. Mm -hmm. It's more of the dance of creation, that you think about the the symmetry, the beauty of of the the, the solar system, the the planets moving, the earth revolving, and so forth. And you just kind of think of that, and and we see the order. The harmony, the design of God. Mm-hmm. So both those aspects help us to understand who God is. They there are ways that we can see that there is a God who has designed this. We've we've heard, I don't know all the data on this, of course, but I mean the earth is the perfect distance from the sun. If we were closer, we would have been burned up. If we were farther, we would have frozen. It's the perfect tilt and so mm-hmm. forth um, to control the tides. I mean, it's just it, it's all ideal. Mm-hmm. And that just reveals that God is intricate in his detail. In his design, he's perfect. So this is a snapshot of what general revelation is. Now look at, at three and four. This is where we see how it's open for everybody. Mm-hmm. Back in verse three, there is no speech, there are no words, their voice is not heard, their message has gone out to the whole earth and their words to the ends of the world. So in other words, it's not that this is verbal uh, speech from God, this is not direct revelation that we're gonna talk about in the future like mm-hmm. in the Word of God we're reading. Yeah, This rather is a word picture that everybody sees. Everybody can look at the at the universe. Everybody can feel the warmth of the sun um, and so forth and so on. So this is why it is open to everyone. So yeah. Psalm 14, 1 through 6 does a really good job of succinctly um, capturing what general revelation is, but we also see yeah. it in
1: some other passages like Romans 1 and 2. Right. And, uh, and just think about those for a second. I mean, if you just focus on verses 19 and 20, um, which are kind of some of those classic Verses, again, from the New Testament, you know, saying, you know, what can be known about God is evident among them, them in context being the Gentiles, uh, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse.
0: Yeah, and Romans one and two is important. Not only do we see some more of this general revelation, but we also understand in the flow of his argument, mm-hmm. one and two is condemnation. Yeah, uh, Paul does not get to the idea of salvation until chapter three and pushing forward. Yeah, and so we got to remember this section. Um, some people misunderstand and think that Paul in in Romans one and two is articulating that somebody could be saved apart from Christ. Right, and he's saying, and he's saying nope. the exact opposite. Right. Uh, so again, we have to be careful to understand general revelation is not sufficient for salvation. Right. It is sufficient though for condemnation. It's the other side. What what, what we need mm-hmm. to understand is first that, that God is justified in anybody being condemned to be separated from for all eternity. The idea that it's not fair, that person on an island who's never heard the gospel, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. What Paul does in Romans one and two is he turns out on its head and says, Oh no. There's no, no excuse. Completely fair. It's completely fair. Right. Uh, that person has had uh, the universe around him or her to see to recognize that there is a God, and, and we know this. This is uh, Paul speaks of this as well in First Corinthians one and, and two, mm-hmm. especially that. Man, it's it's plain to us. Yeah. It is so plain to us to look and say, how can you think that all this is here by chance? How how do you think this is just random? It's absurd. It's clear, it's plain that there is a god, a designer mm-hmm. behind the design. Yeah. And that's basically what Paul's arguing in Romans 1 and 2.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um some other passages that we see see the the truth of Psalm 19 emphasized not just here in Romans. Um and to get us kind of back into what we were thinking um, includes um, Matthew five forty five, where where Jesus himself is saying that God sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Yep. That it's something for everybody, and that's so something that, and that provision that that even our food something. This is why you know saying a blessing before a
0: meal is so popular and so common because it's that recognition that what I have is not mine. I didn't earn. Even the farmer, even the farmer mm-hmm. has to recognize. Well, yeah, it was my hands, right? I went in there. I toiled the ground, I put the seed in, I did all of this, I watered it. It's me, right? No, no, no. Even the farmer has to recognize he is completely dependent on God to send that rain for that food to grow. Yep. So so that's the point of, of Matthew 545.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Acts 14, 17 is another one. Going back into the Psalms, Psalm 33, Psalm 8, even you can make the argument from Psalm 14 that says, you know, the fool says in his heart, there is no God, that he's deceiving himself if he thinks yeah. that there's not. And contextually, he's okay. also talking to the people of God as being the fool there, that the someone who knows better is still saying, no, there is no God. Um, and you know what Mr. T says about the fool? I pity the fool. He does pity the fool. That's right. Um all right. So let's think about this. Um, what are there any cautions that uh, that we should keep in mind as we under, as we seek to understand this doctrine?
0: Yeah, I think one of them, just to be clear, is that that, that general revelation should not be confused with with some of the, the false beliefs such as animism. Animism is, is the belief that God is in everything, that, right. that he's in the rock, he's in the tree, and, right. and some other religions would, would fall toward the animism camp. Right. And of course, that's not what general revelation is teaching. It's not that, that God in, in, is, is in the tree, he's in the rock. Psalm 19, 1 through 6 is not teaching that. These other passages are not teaching yeah. that. It's it's that these things that were created by God, we got to parse the creator from the creation. Yes. That these things are created by God, but they reveal their snapshots, again, of him. They reveal something about him. So the majestic waterfall, God's not in that waterfall, but we see a sign of his power. Right. As powerful as that waterfall is, it pales in comparison to the power of God. Um, again, as expansive as the universe is, God is not in that universe. Yep. Uh, but it reveals him that he's even so much bigger than we can be; our minds can fathom. Right. Um, the beauty, you know, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been is Cape Town, South Africa. Mm-hmm. And there's a great hill there that you can hike up, it, it, and 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 kind of look. it's called Lion's Head, mm-hmm. and have this beautiful view over Cape Town itself, some mountains in the background, and just that's one of the moments that I've seen most clearly how much more beautiful God is. Yeah. Because I'm just amazed by His creation. And just amazed by, man, the creator, the creation always is inferior to the creator.
1: Absolutely. So as beautiful as this is,
0: it pales in comparison to him.
1: Right. And that's something to keep in mind, too, is, is that when we're looking at creation, we're looking at it in its fallen state, mm-hmm. too. That it's like this this is a world that has been corrupted by, uh, by sin or subject to futility, as scripture sometimes says. Um, this, uh, that... That sin has damaged the very fabric of reality, and yet it's still incredible. Um, and that again, that points us to the power and the majesty of God. Um, and as we're thinking about cautions, uh, cautions with this doctrine, I mean, you said it. You said it well. That it, you know, we don't want we don't want to confuse God with His creation. Um, because they are distinct and we'll talk about the distinction between creator and creation in another doctrine at a future time um, but and but one other thing that we need to be we need to apply a caution to that we need to be aware of when we're considering this doctrine when we're seeking to understand it is something that we've already said at least once in this conversation which is that this doctrine does not, save people yeah it can't it cannot it's Uh not sufficient it was not designed to right and
0: again that kind of takes us to the final question i want to explore is is what difference should this doctrine make and that really drives toward one of the the takeaways i see with this is that this should fuel our our desire for evangelism um, General Revelation should not replace it. We, we as believers, should not say, "Well, the world, you know, the people of the world, they have General Revelation. They have the sunrise to preach Jesus to them." No, no, they don't. The sunrise does not preach Jesus itself. It preaches there is a God. Yes, we have been left here to preach Jesus Himself to share the gospel. So, General Revelation, if anything, should prompt us toward a deeper uh,
1: understanding of the need for evangelism and a desire to do that. Right, right. And so when you think about um, Paul at the Areopagus is -hmm. a great example of this, where he went a little bit further and he was using examples from the Greeks' religious traditions um, and their mythology. Um, to prove home the point that no, there actually is a real God and this is who He is, but it's the same. It's the same kind of thinking. It's use use the environment yeah. around you to help bring people into like help point people in the in that direction yep. toward Jesus and their need for Him. Um, that is a it's a, it's a challenging thing to do and to do well. Um, but it's worth it's worth doing.
0: Yeah, it's it's really effective when we do it with a sincere heart and desire, not right. not as a um, not as a ploy or anything like that. Of course, but man, you, you're just sitting with somebody and, and you're just uh, enjoying creation. You're enjoying a sunset or something right. like that, and and man, it's 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 right and fitting to comment. Man, God's good for creating this, isn't he? Right. And maybe even something
1: as simple as that could open up that conversation. Right, and I mean, they might say. Uh sure I guess but they could ask well what do you mean exactly and so it's always wise to pray too yeah it for is for those opportunities um likewise so that is that's one of the chief things that that we should that this one of the differences this doctrine makes um something else that uh the doctrine of general revelation helps with and and does in our lives is that it's an encouragement for us as believers um, that nature is an opportunity, is is a reminder that God is here and yeah. God is present. That um, when we see order and beauty and wonder in this world, when all of these little things that we see happening, there are there a good reminder that God is has not abandoned us. That He's not far off. That He is with us and close and cares
0: yeah i don't know about you i need this prompt all the time because i i just you know in my simplicity i just get focused on day-to-day and i forget god yeah Uh, it's so easy for me just to kind of punch the proverbial time clock of my day go about and then at the end of the day it's like oh yeah what about god yeah creation in part is there to remind me of of him and his presence again not in create not the creation itself yes uh but it's the fingerprints that He's here. He's He's real. He He's He connects with us. He mm-hmm. wants to be involved in our in our daily lives and so forth. And so it just you know when we have that wherewithal to to take a step back and and recognize Him, His goodness, His provision, and so forth,
1: um, it should prompt us to to worship as a lifestyle. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And uh, one final thing that it should do is that it should encourage us to steward creation well. Because God made it because it communicates something about him. Again, it doesn't communicate everything about him, but it communicates something about him. God's people should care about the things that he has made. If he has made them in such a way that they say something about him, we should honor that. Um, that doesn't mean that we need to be, you know, hyper environmentalists or or anything like that. But it just means being responsible. Exactly. So um, it's yeah. why why we're doing it matters.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. And, and the radical environmentalist has a much different reason. Yeah, absolutely. We our reason is because we are stewarding this well for God in his glory. And, uh, and it does matter. Again, we can make that mistake. I've made this mistake of, of the in the past. I think, well, it, just cre- it doesn't really matter. What matters is right. people and, and so forth and for eternity. No, th- this is created by God for a reason. Um, right. It's part of his design and, and again, it, it reveals something about him. So what are we doing if we don't care for creation, if we uh, don't steward it well? So there is something to be said about that. Right. So I think this has been a helpful conversation. I hope that mm-hmm. it has helped uh, you listening. I, I hope this has given you a better understanding of what general revelation means. And so thanks for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to these podcasts. And for some more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.